Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, controversies, and results from the tennis world. Today is a relatively calm Tuesday, March 19th. We're in that awkward period in between Indian Wells and Miami where the WTA and ATP tours kind of still for two days. Obviously, play will be underway shortly, and we look forward to providing all of that coverage to you both throughout the week and on this podcast, our Great Shot podcast, Cracked Interviews podcast, and of course our website, CrackedRackets.com. So be on the lookout for all of that content. But given that today was relatively calm, given that we don't have a ton of tennis to break down, at least not a lot of televised tennis to break down, it's just going to be me today. I'm going to be steering the ship, talking about the matches I liked. Obviously, I'm a huge tennis slappy, so going to have some fun today. Not only talk about the stuff going on in Miami, but of course look at the challengers, look at the futures. And then I'll end with, of course, a nice Tennis Twitter Tuesday segment because what would the Tuesday mini break pod be without that? But with that being said, let's get started. So I want to start in Miami. Obviously, we've got qualifying going on down there. A ton of incredible matches, both on the men's and women's side. Just kind of going to read through results, give my comments sporadically about the matches I find interesting. Not going to get to talk about everything because that would just take way too long. And I think given that it's just me, we can actually hit that 25-minute threshold today. But I'll start by with the men's side by noting that you know seven of the top ten seeds end up advancing in round one. Elbot, FAA, Opelka, McDonald, Cuevas, Lloyd Harris, Kasparud, all moving on. Some of the interesting results there. You had Radu Elbot, who's been playing so well, taking out former Wimbledon junior champion John Luigi Quincy. It's nice to see him get an opportunity to play a Masters event because been following tennis, you know, Quincy was so talented back in the day, but it was a guy who was kind of bigger than everyone before. So it's nice to see, or maybe not nice, but interesting to see how his games developed. FAA uh, wins in three sets. Great from him. Opelka, 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. You know, if you've watched Riley Opelka, you're going to get a tiebreaker. McDonald, 6-5 and five over Polanski. Great win for him. Bjorn Fertangelo with an upset here, knocking out number six seed Christian Guerin, 4-6, 7-6, 6-1. Fertangelo, a guy who qualified at Indian Wells, played an incredible first set against Novak Djokovic, ended up losing that match in straight sets, but still we've seen a rise of form from him, given that he's 25, 26 years old. You know, it's now or never to make that top 100 breakthrough. He's been on the precipice for so long. So if he can get another win in qualifying, and we'll talk about him later on when I preview who he's got tomorrow. He's got a fascinating match with Andre Rublev. Just great to see Vertangelo getting wins. Another young American I'm incredibly proud of, Noah Rubin knocks out number eight seed Hugo Delian, 6-3-6-2. I don't need to tell you about behind the racket how awesome that is. I don't need to tell you how engaging of a guy Noah is. If you've followed any sort of tennis Twitter, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know those sorts of things. But it's just great to see the encore results uh, matching up with the sort of success he's having off the court as well. Another guy, interesting result, number 11 seed Ricardus Barrancas, winner of the Drummondville Challenger just last week, loses first round to a, a hot player who's won, had some challenger success in 2019 already, Sasha Bublik, 7-5-6-2. For Barrancas, you have to wonder, traveling from Drummondsville to Miami, switching from indoors to outdoors so quickly, how did that transition affect him? But still, great win for Bublik, a young guy you should certainly be watching if you're a fan of the next gen, as so many of us are at Cracked Rackets. Moving on, you had the 12 seed Gunaswarian winning 13, Evans winning 14, Istaman. Number 15 seed Andre Rublev knocks out Jared Donaldson. Donaldson coming back from injury 6 2, 6 3. You know, for Andre Rublev, another guy who's coming off of injury as well, has success at the Indian Wells Challenger, wins a round at Indian Wells, the Masters event as well. 
great to see him running back into form because this is a guy, I mean, he just, he hits the shit out of the ball. There's no denying it. And his talent is very evident if you watch him play. Another guy, I keep, I see, you know, I, I seem to keep saying this about so many of these young talents. It's not necessarily if, but when they break through. And that doesn't mean they're going to win grand slams, but in terms of being constant presences in the top 50, getting multiple wins in main draws of 250s, 500s, Masters, grand slams, these are just names that I think the common tennis fan is going to become familiar with over the next three to five years. So, you know, Andre Rublev, get on him now. Another young guy. Mikhail Yimmer a wild card into this event and I could go on a tangent about IMG giving wild cards to their clients to players they're clearly targeting and trying to sign but guess what that's just part of the game at this point and that's a whole conversation that's a prime GSP topic that someday we'll we'll have to follow you know it's tough to get that sort of information tournaments keep them close I'd love to know what people are getting paid for appearance fees I think that's the dirty dark market on the ATP tour but all of these are topics for another time. This is what I get to do when I'm pontificating by myself. I can bring up the funny thing. This is a little look into my brain. You listeners can know what I'm thinking about all the time. And, you know, Mikhail Yimmer, I'm not thinking about him all the time. I guess that'd be a little bit weird. But certainly a talent I'm thinking about. And he takes out Ryan Harrison in straight sets. Harrison's fallen out of the top 100. That's a story for else. But still, Mikhail Yimmer, uh, the, the steady progression we've seen. He's another guy. I think lost Junior Wimbledon final to Opelka back in the day. Uh, such a talented player inside the top 200. It'll be interesting because of how many talents there are, if he's going to be one of the guys who can break through and really make a name for himself. But I definitely will see a top 100 future. You know, he's going to make a living playing tennis. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, you know, 17 seed Lorenzi, 18 seed Sinego, 19 seed Granolers win. Jay Clark gets a win. Mitchell Kruger upsets Mikhail Yimmer's brother, number 21 seed Elias Yimmer, 6'7, 6064. Kruger gets his first challenger win in Dallas. He qualifies for the Australian Open. A guy who's been in incredible form, so great to see him uh, continuing to have success. Joe Wilfred Songa, a qualifying wild card. Max Rothman has gone on about that before, though, honestly. Since he's not here to defend it, I can say it. I'm fine with Song getting a qualifying wild card. I, I I know he made an ATP final, but just given the ranking, given how hard it is for all of these players to get opportunities to get into a main draw, he's going to get through qualifying, in my opinion. So let him get warmed up. Might as well. And, you know, he takes care of his match against Lucas Rosal in straight sets 6-3, 6-4. Not a guy I'd ever want to play in qualifying, but still, whatever. So he's got to play two extra matches. Big whoop. Rounding out the last two matches are 23 and 24 seeds. Diego Montiero knocks out Camille Majarczyk of Poland. I messed that up. 2-6-7-6-6-2. Donskoy takes out Bolt 7-6-6-3. And it sets up a ton of fun matches to tomorrow, which we will talk about later on in this podcast. Let's transition to the women now because, again, so many great results in these Miami qualifying matches. This is honestly part of the fun of these Masters Premier events is because the ranking cutoff is so high. Some of the qualifying matches you get are just stunning. And, you know, as a sport, we don't necessarily highlight the qualifying draws as much as maybe we should, or at least tournaments try. But in terms of live streaming, in terms of public access to those sorts of things, it's kind of harder to come by. You don't see those uh, highlights on YouTube. You don't really get to rewatch these matches examine the stats and so it's kind of upsetting there's another tangent for you guys as I mentioned it's just me that has nothing to do with the women's qualifying singles rounds which were incredible I guess what I'm saying is I would have liked to be able to see more of this tennis 
But let's talk about it a little bit. You have the number one and two seeds in qualifying going down in the first round. You have Dua of Japan taking out Potapova of Russia, 3-6, 7-6, 7-6. That second set tiebreaker, 12-10 for Dua. Great comeback for her. Habino knocks out Bouchard, 4-6, 6-0, 6-4. That was a thrilling one. Uh, from there, you have the three and four seeds, Yakupovich and Golubich advancing. Number five seed, Jennifer Brady, knocked out by fellow American Sasha Vickery, 2-6-6-3-6-2. Always sucks when the Americans have to play in the first round, but again, the draws are stacked. That's just how this is going to break down. I think Nicole Gibbs didn't get into the qualifying draw. I mean, crazy given the level of play we've all seen from her, but still, it, it speaks to the quality of the WTA right now, the depth players ranked 75 to 150 it's very interchangeable it's about who's playing their best tennis at that moment and so these are the sort of results you see from that uh Buzkova knocks out six seed Katie Bolter of Great Britain six four six two Kanepi advances eight seed Bernardo Pera falls to Roos of the Netherlands Nicolescu knocks out the number nine seed Ara Barena of uh, Spain. Number 10 seed Taylor Townsend advances in three four six seven five six four you know I love Taylor Townsend so happy to see that from her Pliskova advances, Hercog advances, Lynette advances, number 14 seed Jessica Pigula advances over wildcard alley kick 7-5-6-0. Man, I want to see alley kick have success. I'm sure it's, you know, Pigula is a fantastic opponent, but just tough to see that loss there, especially for kick getting a wildcard into this event. I should also mention Lynette knocked out a Cracked Interview's favorite, Caroline Dalahide, who came on the podcast early last year. Definitely an episode that has aged well, so go check that out. She loses her match 7-5, 7-6. All these players so close, and it's... Uh, I mean, I gave this huge rant on why lucky losers shouldn't be able to advance, so... It's a shame Dalhide's not going to get to advance, and I stick by that point. But it would be nice to see all of these players in main draws, obviously. Let's just advance everything to 128. Let's make it... That would make me happy. More tennis, right? That's what we want. That's what we need for these mini breaks is more content. Really get us to, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes an episode. I'm sure that's what you listeners want. So slowly slowly and slowly we are working towards that goal and the tour is trying to help us along. 15s and 16 season qualifying knocked out. Swiatek takes out DS. Kozlova takes out Zoo. 17 seed uh, Madison Brangle takes out Heather Watson in three. Bartel takes out Dart. Sigmund takes out Kristea in three. Manella takes out Mikhail in three. Wickemeyer over Kudermatova in straights. Makova over Diakchenko in straights. Babos over Vogel in three sets. And finally rounding it out. Haddad and Maya in, uh, over Blinkova uh, in three sets. And you guys might be wondering, you know, we're 10, 11 minutes into this podcast. Why haven't I mentioned the draws? Well, the reason I haven't, Max Rothman, Kale Hammond, we'll be breaking them down later in the week. Obviously, Wednesday is a Jamie McDonald show. I'm sure he'll have a few thoughts as well. But given that qualifying hasn't finished, given that the entire draw isn't out yet, we were going to save that. Plus, it's great content for later in the week. Let's be honest. What these mini breaks really need is more content. They're not long enough yet. So we'll save that for later on, but I promise we will get to it. Another thing I wanted to do today, um, because as I mentioned, not not only is there tennis in Miami, there's other tennis going on. And one thing we've kind of talked about before, um, obviously it's a huge topic on tennis Twitter right now, the transition tour and what that's looking like and how difficult it is for seeded players to get opportunities, not only at the challenger level, but again, at the futures level, getting into these transition tour events is so hard. And I want to just read some of the names coming through this weekend's Calabasas USA future. 
Number one seed in qualifying and ranked number 45 in the ATP. Carousel has to play qualifying to get into a futures event. He is ranked 485 in the world. I know Carew's a friend of our podcast, but that's f***ing ridiculous. I mean, it's really, really ridiculous. That is just... You know, I want, I'll get back to qualifying, but first round of the tournament, here are some of the matches. Number 467 ranked Ronnie Schneider against number 340 ranked and two seed Stefan Kozlov. Now, it's crazy enough that guys like that have to play the Futures Tour, but to see that as a first round matchup, as a fan, I'm thrilled. Obviously, that's the high level, although if there's no stream to a match, was it ever really played? I suppose that's a question I'll have to ask for another time because I'm not going to get to see this Calabasas match and Come on, how we how do we don't have live streaming already on the futures level? I know some of these you know sites are dingy, but Calabasas is one of the finest sites to play a futures. Give me that live stream, and if I'm missing out, fans, please let me know. You know, listeners, inform me of a live stream. Tweet it at us at mini break at great shot pod because that's a match I want to watch. You also have number three seed Ryan Shane, former NCAA champion against All-American from Stanford, Tom Fawcett. Both those guys ranked in the top 500. And again, this is a first-round match of a Futures. We have top 500 uh, Garanganga against Vukic. Again, first-round Futures. Number one seed Liam Brody against Eden Leshem of Israel. Again, both top 500. This is a Futures event. Getting back to the qualifying you know, strong Kirchheimer, 679 in the world. He loses first round of qualifying, and that sort of thing happens, but still. You know, you have guys ranked 520 in the world playing uh, qualifying, 516. Got guys like Keegan Smith, who are wild cards. Govan Nanda won a transition tour event before going to UCLA. He's a five seed here. You know, Billy Griffith, 641. He's the seven seed in qualifying. Jack Findel Hawkins, 666. He's the nine seed in qualifying. I, I don't know what we're going to do. And it would be one thing, again, as a fan of tennis, I love this sort of high-quality matchup, but these guys aren't being compensated properly. If both Schne- one of Schneider and Kozlov is going to lose first rounds of a Futures this week, and I, I just, I'm, to put it in per- perspective, that's crazy. <laughs> these guys are so talented, and they're going to come away this week with a net loss. That's just, it's unfathomable to me how stacked some of these draws are. And the fact that, you know, uh, it's it's just uh, I don't know. I'm not smart. Oh, that, there's my ego shining through. I was about. I just stopped myself from saying I'm not smart enough to come up with the solution. The truth is, there is no clear solution right now. It's it's simply trial and error. And we tried this ITF transition tour. At this point, it's not really working. Adjustments are clear. You know, players have been very clear. Make the draw sizes larger. Increase the point total for this transition tour event. Explain what these shadow rankings are. How do you have two world rankings? One's an ATP, one's not. How are Ronnie Shiner and Stefan Kozlov, even if one of them advances to the final, wins this tournament, there's like two ATP points at stake. Just none of this is working. So as excited as I am to see a draw this stacked, we have to do better. Uh, let's move on to our last tennis-related thing before we get into Tennis Twitter Tuesday. As I mentioned, I want to preview uh, some of the matches tomorrow in qualifying in Miami because it's going to be a really fun day. I will also say there's a ton of great futures tennis. There's two challenger events going on. One, I believe, in Paris. You've got a uh, ton of talent there. One in China, I believe, as well. Uh, so go check that out, livestream.com backslash ATP. Going to keep plugging that until they get, throw some sponsorship money our way, so you know, waiting for that cha-ching. Um, but you, you look at the draw tomorrow in Miami and uh, fascinating qualifying results. Let's start um, 
just working down our way from some of these sites. Anissa Mova's in play tomorrow against Petkovic. I believe that's a, a main draw match, but still, um, you have Radina Stozer, Puig Wang, Osegwe versus Osaka's sister, both wild cards, both looking for that IMG signing. That's going to be a hell of a match. Opelka Granolers in qualifying. Uh, you have Tomjanovic, Friedsam. Oh, I should say, the main draw starts tomorrow for Miami. I guess the lull is pretty short. Hey, great shot by me. Westoff, can we get a rewind, please? Uh, yeah, so a ton of great tennis today. As I mentioned, the tennis world never does sleep. Um, we've got Sakari against Danilovic. That's going to be fun. Wang against Mladenovic. That's going to be fun. F.A. Lorenzi. I mean, oh my gosh, some of these matches. You've got McDonald against Sinego. That's going to be fun. Cuevas Sanga, you know, if, if given that Sanga's going to be in qualifying. I'm sure he doesn't want to play a guy as hot as Paulo Cuevas. That's, that's always tough. You know, Noah Rubin, Mikhail Yimmer, two young guys. Elbot with all of his, how well he's been playing against Mitchell Kruger. Um, Fratangelo Rublev, must-see tennis man. Rublev can probably hit Fratangelo off the court, but Fratangelo's going to give him some problems with some shot-making. That's going to be interesting. Uh, you've got Vickery and Pagula in play, one against Swat. Vickery against Swatik, Roos against Pagula. That's going to be fun. Um Taylor Townsend against Haddad Maya, that's going to be good. Brangle against Jakupovic, that's going to be good. We are in for some fun tennis today. So, you know, if you're going to splurge at any time, maybe see if Tennis TV has a free trial you can use. I think now's the time because after Indian Wells, after Miami, there is a bit of a lull. It's a lot of clay. I don't know if you're ready to watch that green or yellow. We don't have to get into that debate right now. Fuzzy tennis ball and how that's going to match up against the red clay, but... Soak it in right now. It's our last summer master. What is it? The, the sunshine duo. We're on the final stretch, so certainly enjoy it. But as it is a Tuesday, we like to do a recurring segment on this mini break. We call it Tennis Twitter Tuesday. Westoff, if you could, give me the Tennis Twitter Tuesday sound effect, please. So I, I, I've signaled out a bunch, and Rothman and I talked about a few of them yesterday. I think the place to start as... We, we kind of tipped on. Then Milos Raonic had quite the reveal this week with the success he had in Indian Wells. A lot of the former videos he used to be in uh, kind of popping up, making their rounds again on Twitter. There was one of him uh, doing the Harlem Shake on a master stage with the other players. He's kind of bumping and grinding on them. It's horribly awkward. One of the other ones uncovered that we didn't mention yesterday, Milos Raonic, um, explaining interest rates to, uh, I, I don't even know who, to the Canadian people, I guess, to to kind of uh, give them a feel. I guess they wanted to hear from a successful tennis player who knows a lot about interest rates. Westoff, if you could, play the clip, please. Hi, I'm Milos Raonic. I'm a professional tennis player. But today, I'm here to talk about interest rates. Borrowing, lending. What do interest rates have to do with all that? Well, it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, I guess he knows what he's talking about. It's it's hilarious. I mean, I don't know if there's anything more Milos Raonic than him explaining interest rates because he really is one of the most least interesting people on the planet, if that makes sense. I, I don't even know what he's up to, and because of that, I'm fascinated. Just what goes through that mind? What is he thinking all the time? That, that's that got to be fun to uh, interest. Another fun clip I saw sticking on the men's side, Stan Wawrinka on a boat with Trevor Noah. I think they were plugging some sort of shorts. It was like poppy steak shorts. I don't know. I think Westoff has a clip of that as well. 
We got the poppy steak. Trevor does a poppy steak. Groot collab. Stan, what do you think? We got the Groot models here. Yes. I mean, I'm all for ten, you know the profile of tennis's stars rising. Obviously, when you're associated with a guy like uh, Trevor Noah, you're gonna get paid attention to. It's funny. My roommate Michael was. He's just laughing at them. They're both shirtless. They're both in the shorts. You can just tell they're both having a good time. What Stan Wawrinka is doing uh, in between Indian Wells and Miami, I don't know, but it sure seems like fun. Maybe that clip's from a long time ago, but if you haven't checked it out, just look at him. That's a guy who looks like he's enjoying life, and you know that's the sort of things uh, we want to see. One other thing from Switzerland will stick in that region. You know, there was this clip yesterday. It's always tough when you mix tennis and politics, and we try and stay away from that here on the Great Shot Podcast. But there is this incredible video. Uh, I believe it was an argument going on in British Parliament. We had they were talking about the UK's trade with Switzerland and how it needs to go, or and just some of the ramifications and things like that. And uh, you know, whoever was chairing the proceeding comes in and Westoff. You can play the clip over it. Yeah, I don't want to invest levity into these important proceedings, but equally one mustn't lose one's sense of humour. That 32 billion volume of trade with Switzerland is very important, but I always say the best thing about Switzerland is not its watches or its financial services or its chocolate. The best thing about Switzerland is Roger Federer. Greg Hans... I don't mean to introduce levity in this, into the situation, but I say, you know, Switzerland's finest achievement is Roger Federer or whatever. It's just... Anytime I argue against Roger Federer, the GOAT, you can always make that argument about the cultural implications about Roger Federer, just the sustained excellence, that there are no outward flaws. He doesn't have controversies. He plays so graceful, so classy. And, I mean, he's helped grow our sport. There's no denying it. And this was just a fun video, a moment of laughter, and just definitely something you guys will enjoy seeing. So definitely go give that a look. Uh, let's Let's switch now to the women's side. We've had... A ton of fun there as well. One of the most heartwarming things you can see just as a fan of any athletics. A USC player, uh, Danielle Wilson, earns a scholarship for her team. You know, the team kind of assembled around her. I think they were playing a game on court, and they all embraced her. At the end of the game, she found out she had a scholarship. So it's a really nice clip. And just... You guys can stop your puzzle. Danny finished hers. Danny wants to read yours. Danny, you guys can say. And... You guys... Stop your puzzle. Moments like that are when you think, God, college tennis is the best. Um, I mean, so heartwarming. You can see how much each of these people care for their teammates. It's something bigger than themselves. They've they've really bought into that concept and just that sort of camaraderie, that sort of love of the game, that sort of passion for one another. It's so nice to see that happen in tennis as well because tennis is not a team sport. It's so individual. So moments like that you really have to enjoy, and that's why I wanted to bring it up here. Another really fun moment uh, – Aga Radwanska participating in the Polish equivalent of dancing in the stars. Again, we're trying to raise the profile for our game, much like Roger Federer being mentioned in British politics. I want to see Anna Radwanska on TV. I loved watching her rip those dance moves. I'm a huge Radwanska fan. If she can show the sort of creativity and diversity on the dance floor that she did well as a tennis player, I'm sure it's going to translate well. So I'm going to be on the lookout for her. I think she got a 22 out of 30. Seemed a little low. I mean, she really, really rocked. I don't, I can't break down dancing nearly as well as tennis. It looked like a tango, maybe a salsa. Not really sure, but I was interested, and you will be too. So definitely go check that video out. One other thing I want to mention, 
uh, kind of a weird controversy came up today, and TMZ reported it, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But Naomi Osaka being sued by one of her former coaches, and you know, I, I don't want to lend credence to it because you, we don't know the legitimacy of it. But the, the coach claims the dad promised as a way to pay for lessons back in the day, twenty percent of Osaka's earnings, and that there was some sort of contract being raised, and that you know Osaka is now indebted to this guy and he has to pay him and. It's ridiculous. I mean, this is just so stupid. Why anyone would feel the need to leech on just this sort of success, make such a public spectacle about it. I believe he's trying to claim he, you know, 20% of her career earnings, she's made $10 million, $11 million so far. That is a sizable chunk of money. Just so stupid when our game gets dragged into stuff like that. So that's the only time I'm going to mention that, hopefully. But I felt it was, you know, people are going to see it. So I felt like it was a storyline people would want to hear about. Last one, and this is a plugging thing uh, on the Cracked Rackets front, so it doesn't really count as tennis Twitter, but our newest podcast, What the Deuce, which is slated to drop, I believe, later this week, so be on the lookout for that. I know definitely, you know, you're on a subscribing hot streak. You're subscribed to the Cracked Interviews. You're subscribed to the Great Shot Podcast. You're now subscribed to the Mini Break. Definitely subscribe to What the Deuce. If you're a Family Guy fan, you uh, reference, you know that reference, that studio, oh, What the Deuce uh, thing from that. It's also very clever. There are deuce points. Obviously, we play deuce advantage scoring in tennis, so that's great. Uh, but the What the Deuce podcast's way of getting started is doing the worst appearances in tennis history with the opening match is number one, Ponytail Roger Federer versus number 16, Fat Gruskin, that obviously being me, if you listeners didn't know. I was chubby back in the day. I was, I'd say... If Marcos Bagdadis, once he lets himself go in retirement, that version of him and I had the same body when I was in eighth grade. I, I let myself go. I enjoyed one too many Reese's, and that's part of the joy of the sport is you can get into shape doing it. You can do It empowers you in so many different ways. My point being, the what the deuce thread is hilarious. Go check it out. It's an interactive thing. We want our listeners, our social media followers, uh, participating, voting on these results. And I promise you'll like some of these appearances. Uh, Bald Dimitrov's going to make an appearance. If you have any suggestions, by the way, please tweet at us because it's still su- somewhat subject to change. If it's a really good idea, we'll definitely throw yours in. But we want to know what are, what are some of the worst outfits that we're overlooking. If, you know, I was born in 1995, I don't know what Jimmy Connors was wearing. I don't know what Rod, uh, Rod Laver was wearing. I don't know what any of these players are wearing. What was Billie Jean King wearing? You know, she has glasses. I'm sure 60s glasses look funny no matter whom they're on. So, you know, send those our way. I want to see some funny pictures. But with that, huge shout-out to our super producers, Max Fleener and Daniel Westoff, who have a f***ing editing job to do, as always. And as we mentioned, four podcasts now on the Cracked Rackets front. We have them going overtime, and, you know, we, we're so appreciative for the work they do, so thank you to them. But one last time, uh, for our super producers, Max Fleener and Daniel Westoff, for our entire team at Cracked Rackets, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's a break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Enjoy your Tuesday.